Hello again and welcome into a brand new episode of Real Friends. I'm your host, T-Bob Bear, joined by a couple of my real friends. Hey, guys. Rivers Huey and Nathan Velasquez. What is going on, y'all? Of course, that was uh, not Rivers that you heard there. That was Nathan. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, it feels like it's been a while. Could have been me. Since we've done one of these things, right? Because I guess it's actually been a little bit of a... We, we've released him in the oh, same order. Oh, that's right, yes, because we filmed it early it before fault. you went to yes. Vegas. Yes. So we haven't filmed in a, in, in a couple weeks. I'm very excited for today's episode. Yeah, it's been so uh, long since I've seen you guys. Yeah, it's not like we see each other every day yeah. and do post show together. It's our every third show day. today that we've done. That is true. It's our third. <laughs> I see show way together. more of you guys than I see of anyone else in my life. Well, look, that, there yes. is. I see y'all on a more regular basis than I see my girlfriend. Well, I mean that that's well, she does live in Chicago. I know if she's real, even more. So, that is, I might yeah. see y'all more than I see Kevin. Um, I hardly see Kevin anymore at all. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, I don't like friends particularly. I know so, you don't, so it's like impressive that you are around but us. But I actually much. do like y'all. That's why I say y'all are my real friends. So I'm I'm very happy to be here for a new episode. We have Nicolas Cage movies today. Oh, yeah. okay. Make a face. Make make your best Nick Cage face. <laughs> <laughs> I feel if people are watching, listening on the podcast, he's yeah, making the meme. Well. He's making the well. meme face, but he's making the Nicholas Cage face. Is that the meme or is that the face-off or, one? Or is that face like it, does he do faces. that face in literally every movie we're going to so. talk That's about just today? Nicholas Cage. Like, there's a lot of that face in Bad Lieutenant when he's on all of his yeah. mixtures of drugs. There's a, maybe not as much Leaving Las Vegas, where he's a little more just spaced out. Yeah, which. I'm. Mm, we got to talk about leaving Las Vegas. I am well, not. We're going to talk I'm, about all these movies. We are. We are. We are. I, yeah. Okay. We, you're right. I, I don't like want to spoil my. We opinions. should probably start because River said that you have gotten some flack from people for us not choosing Con Air. So were you the one? Uh, oh, I did, did people not, give you flack? But I do feel that almost any Nick Cage list should include Con Air. That's no, what I I've think, heard. I thought maybe we should at least you know maybe talk about why that's not on. I've the not list. seen the movie, so I can't so offer any. The reason why is all three movies we did are actually critically acclaimed. Right, I mean, yeah. Leaving Las Vegas has good ratings. Face Off has good ratings. Uh, Port of Call, even though anecdotally I know people don't like it, it actually has a very good Rotten Tomatoes score. All three of them do. Yeah, exactly. So we Which, went with the critically acclaimed Cage movies. If you're going to do Con Air, I think you do something like Gone in sixty seconds, National Con Treasure. Air, National, National Treasure, Treasure. Because I mean that that is more tongue in cheek. Yeah, almost when you're talking about Cage and Con Air. Which I feel we were going for the critically acclaimed. I feel like we had to have I'm the Nicolas Cage the Oscar winner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, so what did he win an Oscar for? Leaving, Leaving Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Mm, okay, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> we're gonna talk um, about it. Hair's getting out of control. No, I. Uh, but before we get into the movies, though, yeah, for about five minutes here, what is, what what have you all been watching lately? What what have you seen? Oh, I watched Wonder. Oh God! Have you seen that? No, I heard. My mom said that the uh, Her hair really <laughs> is out of control. Oh man, <laughs> I just can't. I'm so my distracted mom right said now. That, um, that wonder is that I should watch it to learn how to be a good parent. Okay, yes. It, yeah, they've got great parents in there. So the other night, um, after, so I watched Face Off, and then mm -hmm. we were going to watch Leaving Las Vegas, and I was like, you know what, Kev? Like, I really would just like to watch something nice and light. I don't yes. think I can dive into that right now. got to say, wonder isn't all that light. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I just was like, oh, this looks cute and sweet and nice and whatever. Oh, my God. I, I, like, was nervous to come to work the next day because I was like, my face is going to look like someone punched me in the eye. Like, oh, I cried <laughs> oh, okay. no, no. so much. It was <laughs> out of control. It was one of those hyperventilating situations like it, like those other movies I told you about. I, I, but it was so good. But it's, it's actually good, though. I don't right? want to ruin it for you. Oh, it's But great. it's so, so good. And I think this this might ruin it. Not really. It's Because like, I'm not going to tell you any of the storylines. 
but it, the way that they put the movie together in that you just you don't like everyone's got stuff going on yeah no matter how good you think someone's life is or how bad you think someone's life is everyone has their own stuff yes and it's like we forget that because we get so lost in our own stuff it is and true. that's just that's kind of the movie but i didn't realize there's gonna be a number two. Oh wow really? a wonder two there's a, there's a it's a book and so the second book is huh. um, from Darian, kind of the bully yeah. oh, in school. It's okay. from his point of view. Wow. Yeah. I always like, I like when movies play with those concepts, like mm -hmm. just making you uh, understand maybe why people are the way they are. And it's not necessarily to excuse, but sometimes it does make them a bit more exactly. sympathetic. And that's what this movie does. You know, like some mm. people make bad decisions, some I, make whatever. I cried in the trailer for this movie. I also so, cried in the trailer. Yeah, so I know it's going to be pretty but bad. Whenever... <laughs> Whenever they drop him off at the school, that was the first time that I cried. And there were probably like four other movie. times after that. Jeez, wow. Oh, there was a See, the problem is I don't ever find myself in a position. It's why I've never watched a Steve Gleason movie, even though I know I should. Ooh. It's because like, I never want to purposely grapple with all those emotions a lot I know, of times. But, but you know what? They're, but they're good. Like you You're leave crying the, from happiness. You leave the yeah. movie feeling just good about humanity. I could probably use that after these three movies, actually. Because <laughs> yes, uh, yes. we're going to get pretty greasy. They made me here very for a uncomfortable. Today. These movies made me very uncomfortable. Uh, well, not Face Off. Face Off No, Face Off is awesome. I've got to say, I, movies that make me feel incredibly uncomfortable you like this. make me feel incredibly comfortable. I love mm. movies that do We kind of talked about that with the, um, what was the last movie? The... You feel like you just rolled around in bacon grease after you what got out of What was the last Red Easton Ellis movie? What was it called? Uh, uh, the college one, the American Psycho, Rules of Attraction, New Rules of Attraction. Yeah, like I don't know if you necessarily liked that movie, but you were like, I liked that it was. I liked how much it was willing to yeah, be a, a greasy movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got real greasy. Totally I think fine, Leaving Las it. Vegas may be the greasiest movie we've talked about so far on the show. You think? Well, I think it's the me. most real. Ooh, it's sad. It's well, we'll get to it in a second. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. What have you been watching, Nathan? Um, I know well, what you're on excited the post show we talked about Ready Player One. I watched that. I've seen that twice now. Yeah, I it figured awesome. that's what you're going to talk about. I liked your selfie from the theater the other oh, day. My goodness. That I, shining I was... scene. I want to see it, man. You've, oh, got, so you've cool. done such a good job it's of so teasing cool. it. Um, But I saw that. That was good. I saw The Death of Stalin, which have you all ever seen Veep? Have you all ever watched that? I, I love not Veep. Veep. The, it's the people who made Veep and In the Loop, that movie. Did you all see that? I it's did not kinda, see that. It's the same. It's mm -hmm. like a political political comedy, pretty much. And it Veep takes so It funny. takes the format of Veep. And it makes a comedy out of the day after Stalin died. Oh wow! And is it the, the same kind of comedy? It, it's it's a lot darker because you have like obviously people are being murdered, taken out of photographs, yeah. a bunch of corruption is going on. But it is still very funny Veep at makes the same me cry time. Laughing like oh, it's, it's really funny. Really I've, I've not, I never. I, it's one of those shows where you always hear about how good it is, but. <laughs> I've never, you know, it, it's such a it's such a it's steep so mountain good. to climb at this point. Like, how many seasons of V? I went are there? through it's like it five fast. or six. Yeah, I you can through go it through it quick. Fast. It's like, I'm, not, I'm not good at binging. Well, each TV one's shows. like twenty minutes long. Well, two, okay, I can do t I can do twenty minutes. Twenty minutes long, and two, like it's one of those things where you have to watch all six seasons all at once. Like, even if you just watch a couple at a time, like I don't know. That's true. I would so say funny. start with the movie in the loop. That movie is hilarious. Is it pretty? Is it similar? Is yeah, it it's like, very similar. Okay. It, it almost feels like it's in the same world. Like okay. so it's the same in, writing team. Yes. Who is it? Yes, okay. It's the same writing. Team. I'm into that. I will definitely watch that. Then. Um, right. but also I saw the Ballad of Jack and Rose, which is like a Daniel Day Lewis movie that came out right before yeah. There Will Be Blood. I saw you tweet about that. Which it's like I a Titanic thing. Huh? Jack and Rose. It's just a coincidence. From Titanic. Jack That's their names. Leonardo DiCaprio. The, no, the Ballad of Jack and Jack. It is, and must Rose. be Jack and Rose. I saw you tweet about it. So yeah, it's not it's, a Titanic it's awesome. thing. It is awesome. It's a, it's nope. a weird movie. 
It's not. It is the Ballad of Jack and Rose. Wow, and that is like Titanic. I never <laughs> thought about that. Wow, I missed. I'm a here trick for the there. jokes. Uh, I'm here for the jokes. But it's great. It's kind of weird, but it's it's really good. What um, about you, T Bob? The only thing that I've watched lately, I started to watch Broken Arrow, which is another John Woo, John Travolta film. This time with Christian Slater. They met up again. Of Travolta. It's it's hilarious in how it's similar it is in ways to uh, Face Off, though. Wait, what's it called? Broken Arrow, another cheesy old action movie. Though I don't know that it's nearly as fun or good as Face Off. Definitely missing the the cage effect, oh. if you will. But Broken Arrow is pretty pretty interesting. But the favorite thing that I've watched lately, I uh, so my first day when I had baby Alice by myself for about thirteen hours there while Caitlin was shooting a wedding. Is this Queer um, Eye again? I watched, no, 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 no. I would recommend Queer Eye, though, to anyone. <laughs> uh, don't make him start uh, talking about this I again. I cried in almost every episode of Queer Eye. It's really good. If you feel good show, Queer Eye is your show. If you want to feel good about life and humanity. Um, no, uh, season three, the final season of Love, mm. a uh, Judd Apatow Netflix show. Um, I think Paul Rust and his wife, Leslie Arfin, I hope I'm remembering correctly, I think they're kind of the creative minds behind it, but it's a show that apparently I don't think has done like great necessarily on Netflix. Like they always plan to do three seasons, but uh, Judd Apatow was saying that even Netflix told them like, "Hey, this should probably be the final season." Uh, I but think it has a very specific audience. Critically, it w- has performed very well, and and yeah, I mean, and it seems like more and more people are actually discovering it. It's Everyone gaining some momentum. Seen, I don't think I've, I've met anyone who has watched it and been like. Ugh. Yeah, no, you know, I, agree. I like it. one or two people on Twitter kind of popped up saying uh-huh. that. When but I was I mean, that's on a wide uh, the treadmill, there was a woman in the treadmill next to me who was watching Love on her iPad, which she like put her iPad. Be a great iPad in. show for the for the treadmill. Yeah, and so I just kind of stopped her saying like I just finished that episode, which I didn't know if I was going to annoy <laughs> someone. Little treadmill with chat with that. The old treadmill little chat. Casual gym chat. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was. He's going, a gym guy now. She yeah. was like on the level two on the treadmill, so I feel like you don't want to stop. Yeah. So when they're like on seven, and be no, like, hell slow no. down. <laughs> hey, Let's hey. talk about this. Show. I like that episode. Oh no! So I thought, <laughs> I thought uh, as a series, I think it's really, really solid all the way through the three seasons. It's not a ton of watching, like you said, about twenty to thirty minute episodes, uh, ten episodes season one, and then twelve in the subsequent seasons. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's one of the most realistic depictions of a relationship and the development of a relationship that I've ever seen. And that was the goal. I, I've read it because I got so obsessed with it. So I read realistic. a lot about it. Yeah. Like the, the 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 creator's goals when making it. And they said they really wanted to represent the messy middle portion of a relationship. Because a lot of times in movies you get the beginning, then you get the montage, then you get the end. Yeah. Right. Get they the wanted to middle. live. Yes. They wanted to live in that middle. I think all the characters are very endearing. They do that. It's very funny. Consistently like, funny throughout. I love the episode wherever he realizes that she's sick and he has something he wants to do that day, and it's kind of like, yes. should I go take care yes. of her or should I do what I want to do? And then he gets mad at her because he gets right. sick. Which then, I mean, one thing it does a really good job of is, uh, and and without, I, I guess I'm just going to steal the headline because I read an article that broke this down, and I was like, okay, a lot of interesting points are made. It deconstructs the myth. Of the nice guy, right? The nice guy who's yeah. always like um, the the people pleaser who you think on the surface, like, oh, he's so nice, there's nothing wrong with him. And then you realize, no, I mean, he's just messed up in his own ways and just as selfish and mean in his own ways. Yeah. It, it just it, it just does a really good job with everything it sets out to do, I think. It's funny, it's entertaining, I'd recommend it. I uh, It was so... It was interesting to watch it because it is. It does feel it's very real. Yeah. And I can think of moments like there was in the first season, which spoiler, whatever. Um, in the first season where 
like he's into her and she's not really into him and then she's into him and then he kind of like finds the other girl and yeah. like but then so then the very end of the season so she's like trying to get in touch with him so she can like tell him she's not crazy but it makes her seem crazy because she's like texting him a yeah. lot yeah. but she's really like I'm not crazy I just want to tell him I'm not crazy and I have had those moments where you're like I'm really not like I just I don't know how to make myself seem not crazy right now but I'm, I'm seeming a little crazy. And it's yeah. like, you watch that and it like bro it broke my heart because I was like, girl, I know. I know. <laughs> you're not crazy. Yeah, I, I think you, you're kind of like a more stable Mickey uh, at yeah, times, sure. I, I, I would say. Um, yeah, so love's really good. I'm pretty sure that's all I've watched lately. Oh, the Star Wars making up. I got Last Jedi on Amazon. It comes with about three hours of extras. Uh, it's all Ooh. very good. The it's Phantom Thread making it is not enough. Not enough. I need As six to seven hours of extras at least. Maybe eventually it'll come out. The only problem is when you buy a movie on Amazon, I can't get director's commentary. Oh, well, yeah. I don't Why? know what that's about. I don't know because I know they have it out there. The Even, format just doesn't really yeah. set that up at all. But how have they not? It seems so short-sighted to me. That's if you. That's why everyone should get filmstruck. Every movie, on, almost every movie on Filmstruck has director's really? commentary. Yeah. In interesting to note, real quick, on the Last Jedi release, um, is that if you thought that the Ray or not, excuse me, you thought the Finn and Rose segment, the casino segment, struggled a little bit, a lot of that ended up on the uh, cutting room floor. I love a lot scene. of that entire. You would have really loved it then if you could see the original scope that oh. Ryan Johnson Wait, say that had again? for it. The what and what. You know the casino scenes, the oh, kind of yeah. side story, mm -hmm. which didn't resonate that. with a lot of people. And I and I agree. I don't think it's the strongest part of the movie. Um, I didn't hate it. I just but it makes more sense now because it seems like the majority of cuts that they made ended up with those scenes, and it, it was way more ambitious uh, in the beginning. And it's still, I mean, did those animals know. make more sense when they let them go? Um, I'm still not in love with the fathers. <laughs> I think sometimes they do get very cheesy with their lines. We're going to catch those animals like, again. It was worth it to stick it to this town, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, that's a little kind of heavy-handed. But but actually, if there's one it's weakness... going to end up back in the stables. I think well, that's like true. Hour. Exactly. Like, that's, what, that's all I kept thinking about. I was like, wait, you're going to leave them like that? <laughs> if, there, if there's one weakness with that movie, I would actually say that sometimes... And maybe this is actually just Star Wars, because this is exactly how Lucas used to be. The dialogue is so cheesy like like where like may the force be with us and it's like how oh, many times have we said that i just i i nah, some of it i don't love but i still love that movie i still think it's in terms of quality of movie probably the best star wars movie ever made even if it's probably my like second favorite it's the best one there is yeah, it's about to start messing with your earphones uh, yeah what is that did you hear that mm -hmm. what how'd you how'd you do that oh okay get out of here Get out of here, you punk. What are you, little Well, no, I need this because we're going to use gonna We're going to have oh, audio okay. clips. Well, here we go. Let's get into our Nick Cage movies, though. That's what we've been watching lately. You should check it out. Uh, we are going to start with... Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, the oldest of our three movies. Nathan, what's a little background on Leaving Las Vegas? Okay, yeah, Leaving Las Vegas. It is directed, written, the soundtrack as well is done by uh, Mike Figgis. It's based on Old a novel Figgis. by John O'Brien. And this is the... You got it there, T-Bob? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's the uh, only Oscar that Nicolas Cage has ever won. It was nominated for a lot of Oscars, right? Oh, was Surprising. I might be making that up. Um, That might be. Oh, uh, it's taking me too long I to get to I could have lied the... to you just now, but I th it was several that they were nominated for. Either way. Well, this movie is about Ben Sanderson, Nicolas Cage, who is a suicidal alcoholic who has lost everything that he cares about due to his addiction and decides to drink himself to death in Las Vegas. While in Vegas, he forms an unlikely and odd friendship with Sarah, played by Elizabeth Shue, who is a hooker. Yes, uh, a, uh, I believe, lady of the night. 
yes. the correct term, Nathan. Um, prostitute, purveyor of the world's oldest profession. Okay. Okay. Man, he reads this for a long time. <laughs> you talked over the first part of the audio. <laughs> Give me a signal that you were going to play it. And okay, that's, he was just fired. That's he leaving was Las just Vegas. Fired. That is how I felt the entirety of that movie. Okay, that was <laughs> just badly kind of done on my part. Waiting on the edge. Like, and that movie yes. had such a strong premise. <laughs> that's I kept, the only audio we're playing. That is the audio. Wait, you, you couldn't see what happened there. What happened was Nicolas Cage was being fired yes. by his boss, and that is whenever he decides he's getting out of town to go kill himself. Yeah, he and gets what, a nice, a better, what better place to go kill yourself than Las Vegas? And he gets Which, a nice severance package. Apparently. he said, And it was pretty low there. He yeah. said that the severance that he got was very generous. Yes, yes. I apologize. I did not mean to step over. I did clip. not. I, I did not I, signal maybe you. Maybe say it wasn't the strongest clip to play. There's a lot, <laughs> it wasn't, of, a looked, lot of audio dead audio in there. There was. Uh, there was. so much opening. <laughs> the face-off clip has more audio. Okay, excellent. I'm into it. Okay, but let's talk about the movie then. Um, what is something that you liked about this movie? Uh, I liked that these two characters, the character of a drunk and the character of a hooker, uh, they're pretty stereotypical characters. They're kind of cliche, like in a yeah. movie, the drunk and the hooker. It's a pretty yeah. cliched That's idea. And the performances, which pretty much, I feel like all of the movies Nicolas Cage is in, they probably would have sucked if it wasn't for Nicolas Cage. Uh, their performances are absolutely stellar. Like I have not seen a drunk portrayed in this way. Like Usually you'll see a drunk portrayed as someone who's just trying to act sober. Like yeah. That's pretty much the extent. But he's pretty astounding in a lot of the scenes here where he, he honestly looks not like he's acting drunk, like he's almost dying. No, like he looks like he's, he's dying convincing. throughout the whole movie. For sure. And look, I would venture to say that Nicolas Cage has some experience <laughs> with uh, heavy drinking and partying. So he's probably drawing from a little bit of that. Um, I think that's well said because I, I do like that part of the movie. I also love that those are not generally your protagonists. Uh, <laughs> right. if, yeah. if you can even have a protagonist in this movie. Yeah. Those are the main characters that you kind of root for, and they end up in this kind of um, crazy relationship. I, I guess something that off the bat I really like is there is something perversely uh, attractive about how he just says, screw it all, right? He had a successful job, so he gets a nice severance package, so he has a nice amount of money with which to go play. You can see how happy $300 he is. $300 a day. You see how happy he is in the liquor store, just just grabbing every single bottle, loading it up, knowing what he's going to. He's going to literally care about nothing and just drink himself to death. I like that setup. I, I do find, in, in a way, you can almost find that attractive, right? Because you don't have any stress. You don't have any life responsibilities. All you go do is drink all day, every day, and let life kind of take you where it will. Mm -hmm. what, what, what was something that you liked about it, Rivers? I liked, which I know this was a very um, heavy movie. Yes. Um, which is why I didn't watch it at first that night. I was like, I need to be in like, the right mind space for yeah. this. But I, kinda, I mean, aside from that, I really like how sad it is. Um, I like the relationship, but I, I don't know. Something about how sad it was. Well, I think was it kind of. Really, I mean, almost beautiful. I don't know. A lot of times well, if you have, have someone mean, that's like a high-functioning alcoholic, you tend to think... Well, you, I mean, most people judge them immediately. And I don't know of an, another movie that really puts you in the mindset of what it's like to live as a high-functioning alcoholic. Like, that mm -hmm. is kind of yeah. just how they have to be sometimes. And it's Ooh, sad. I will tell you, though, this movie, like all, like that scene you talked about, just the whole thing, like drinking every day, all day, just watching it made me feel very hungover. 
No, it makes you feel terrible. It makes you feel like right now, just talking about it. Kinda, yeah. I'm not hungover at all, and I kind of feel like I am. Uh, some of his scenes where he <laughs> has the shakes in the bank, absolutely brutal, like in the bank when he uh, can't. Because you think move. of like I can think of minor versions of that that I have felt, you know, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I think we've all woke up, curled up in a shower. <laughs> we have all woke up woke that way. Up. <laughs> we yeah, have woke up. That the way. bartender, when the bartender <laughs> tries to just get him to like cut it out, man. Like yeah. if you saw yourself right now. Uh, and 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 I think um, he he does a good job. Nicholas Cage does in portraying. You mentioned the term high functioning alcoholic. This is obviously a man who at a time was very talented, uh, was very successful. Job. You see him burning like script after script. But even like in his drunkenness, he has these moments of kind of uh, verbal lucidity, right? Where he like he he has these little quotes or quips that are that that are impressive sounding and and kind of make him seem like he is sane. And not just completely lost it, but at the end of the day, uh, he is a slave to alcohol. As he lets his uh, girlfriend know when he tells her, "Look, you can never ask me to stop drinking. Like if we're gonna do this, that's how." It's Which to be, be fair, she's kind of like, "You can't ask me to not have sex with people." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's. I, I guess we should get into the relationship. Um, what did y'all think of what? What's the actress's name? Elizabeth Shue. She's been uh, in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's very, very attractive. Um, what did y'all think about their relationship? This is just, just down and out drunk in Las Vegas and a a prostitute who is essentially freed from her pimp. It looks like her pimp got in trouble with his own bosses and is killed, so she ends up kind of working for herself. I guess, what was her motivation? Because for people who don't know, if you haven't seen the movie, all that ha- uh, what happens is Nicolas Cage picks her up, $500, they're going to go have sex, and then they end up talking all night. They're just drinking and talking, he doesn't want to have sex, he just wants to talk to someone. They end up in this weird relationship. What, what did y'all uh, What did y'all think about her motivations for getting in that relationship? Well, I I think, and I've never been to Las Vegas. I know you You just got back, you had a great time, and it seemed, I, I want to go one day. Yeah. Uh, it seems like there is a dirty, a scary yes, side to Las Vegas. Seedy, there seedy there are people that live in that side, yeah. and she obviously lives on that side, the nasty side of Las Vegas, and she comes across this guy in that terrible side and realizes that all this guy wants is to feel loved, and I would love that as well. Yeah. And so they just start talking one night, because that's all he wants. Like Whenever he is drunk out of his mind, all he wants to do is talk to someone that he's so, paying. Too, she's yeah. getting out of this like really bad, like, pimp deal you know and like whatever and like what she all she does i mean pretty much all the time is get paid to have sex like and 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 yeah and and you can see that in the relationship where she drops all kinds of crazy like blowjob and sex comments like she's very open with it ironically he's just kind of like that's his look i'm so drunk i don't even really care like i'm so drunk i don't want to i don't you know whatever but i i always got the feeling that she was less into the relationship to feel loved, even though I guess maybe she does say that to me, it always felt like she like almost wanted someone to take care of, wanted someone that was almost more that. messed up than her uh, and that she could kind of be this almost like protector role, the one who has it all together, almost like the lead in the relationship. Given that as a prostitute, she probably spent her entire life in kind of That's subservient relationships where to, she's had pimps that have controlled her, that have put her from place to place. Think about, I mean, think about just like uh, like you or anyone, you know, think about relationships or like, for example, think about when you're drunk or whatever. You always feel better when you're like not the drunkest person. Yes, exactly. That's what, <laughs> yeah, know, that's like, kind of what, it, like he is true. more broken. It makes you feel better when you're not the is. worst. Yes, he is know? way more broken than she is. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, she kind of actually seems to They're have like pretty. a really good head on her shoulders, yeah. which is 
interesting and maybe in a way unrealistic. I don't know if that matters here. For her character, like as a hooker? Yeah, she just seemed very attractive and very much like she had her life entirely together to the point where why would she want him? But then I guess her relationship with the pimp explains that it's not maybe as put together as it looks from the outside. Nicolas Cage, like in terms of like a movie pretty version, Nicolas Cage really seems like an ugly, like you might run into (laughs) someone that looks just like him as far as alcoholic. She is a very pretty version of a... uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I mean that, and and you know, you know, to be fair, a high class escort that would they they are very attractive. I I I feel like maybe high class escorts though would be above dating this just complete down and out drunk loser. An escort sounds because she was like on the street. But are we? But are we assuming? Are we assuming that just because she's pretty and like? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Fair. You know. I mean, like that's true. And I don't mean that the wrong way. I just mean like just because people are pretty. Oh no, and I think that that's more the um, years of experience she seems to have as a hooker. It just seems difficult that she might seem a little bit more worn out. Nicholas Cage though. That's the only yeah. not that she would be an unattractive person. No, for sure. I get what you're saying. They give uh they give Nicholas Cage a nice fine sheen of sweat the Gross. entire movie and like just to make him look a little bit. Any nastier. movie where they do that stresses me out. <laughs> exactly. I don't like that. I don't I like a sweat sheen. It makes you so uncomfortable <laughs> throughout. Um okay, as far as things that I didn't like about this movie, I, I think y'all raised very good points. It is in a way this weird twisted love story and it's completely unlike any other love story i've seen in terms of the characters that they chose to fall in love uh i did think it was pretty boring i i I don't know if i and i think it's probably a fault of my own expectations with that setup and then with the kind of the gangster angle i thought they were playing i thought there was going to be more of a plot Mm-hmm. They know it was just going to be about their relationship all the time. Clip that Nathan played for you. Yes, and so I just that, exactly like I kept there was like a little waiting. bit of a clock in the background. I kept waiting for something to happen, and it never really came up. Uh, I can do that. I mean, yeah. maybe two for I mean, me. It's, oh, go ahead. Or I was gonna say maybe I didn't feel that way because I had seen it already. I mean, I'd seen it a long time ago, and I remember, okay. And when I talk to people about it, people always rave about it, and so maybe in my mind, I already created this thing where the movie was good and I liked it. Yeah. And so then when I watched it again, I don't know. I, if I had watched it with fresh eyes, maybe I would have agreed. But with I mean, you. I knew it was good because I mean, it has a ninety on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, and then it an must Oscar be winner. good. So like, yeah. I, well, if I the know, internet look, tells us generally, and I and I get that, but generally, no, I know. every movie I've seen that has a ninety on Rotten Tomatoes is generally pretty good. If yeah. you're at ninety or but, and and once again, I, I don't know that I think it's a bad movie, but I just didn't. I don't know. It didn't resonate a lot with me. Well, yeah. there are obviously ten percent of critics that did not like this movie. So yeah, I might be. I might can't... be in that ten percent. Yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, it does feel like a straight character study. Like there isn't a ton of plot going on. Yes. It is very much the mind of a mm-hmm. hooker and a uh, an alcoholic. Which does which highlight. Which oh. does highlight though how well, like you said, Nathan, the acting is done. Like I have no qualms Ooh. with the like quality of the production or the acting because that was all top notch. I love the music. I thought that that kind of uh, that that jazz type of feel is so perfect for getting into the mind Ooh. of an alcoholic. It was so sad that like whenever he would get another drink, the music would like pick back up. Yes, again. yeah. Cause, I mean, and and that I imagine it that that music invokes the feeling. I think that Nicolas Cage is giving off right, and it's kind of like when you hear that kind of jazz, it's kind of discordant. It's kind of a little all over the place, but it's just together mm-hmm. enough to make a song, and then. When he doesn't have that, he's just, you know, pure alcoholic shake, silence, kind of losing it. And then you can feel him getting it going. But it's never like super smooth jazz. Like it's yeah. never like 
all together. It's yeah. always got a little bit of a jank to it, I guess. It is so. So I think that that was really yeah, well yeah, done. yeah. That was that was good. It is it is it is pretty slow. Like I even paused it in the middle, went and got some stuff done, and then came mm-hmm. back to the movie. So it is. I might have been better served for that because it just felt like a slog a little bit by the mm-hmm. end. Like a lot of like. I was. I didn't remember it being two hours whenever I started it. Yeah. I thought it was like an hour thirty, like an hour forty-five. So I am sure. Uh, Maybe it would be better watching this in the theater. I kind of feel like they could have accomplished what they set out to do in an hour 30. But look, that's always so a dangerous game so funny because I like, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh, I wish it had been longer. But like, I don't feel that way normally. Mm. It's the opposite. Normally that I'm like, true. man, yeah. we could have done this so much quicker. <laughs> I do think that Runner. I read this book. I don't even remember what it's called. Maybe The Delivery Man or something a couple years ago. And it's exactly what you were talking about Um it was about like kind of like the dirty underside of Vegas. And, you know, like people think about Vegas and think about like the casinos and like the lights and the fun and the drinking and the gambling and like the clubs and whatever, all the fun stuff. But like there is a Vegas is huge. There's, just, the town of there's the people city. who are from there that don't ever like get up to the strip. They do with all their own stuff. And the book was actually about this guy who his job was like to deliver escorts to and from like mm. people, you know, and it was, I mean, it was a really hard book to read, but it was also really well written yeah. and it was, it was a really good book, but it just made you feel really sad for these people. And I think, but, it, but it, this movie reminded me a lot of that book. And even though the book was sad and this movie is very sad, I don't know, just like I said earlier, something about the sadness, like made me like the movie. It um makes you feel like your life isn't all that bad. Right, that's, for sure. You can definitely judge yourself. Well, that's how that book life. made me feel. I was like, wow, like anything that's happening to me or any complaints I have in my current like day to day, like there are people who live like this. Yeah. You know, you know? Who actually, you know, you know what I, what movie actually does a, an okay job, or I don't want to say an okay job, but kind of speaks to Vegas's seedy kind of underbelly to me is actually. Uh, the first Hangover movie. And I don't mean in tone, because obviously it's very fun. Yeah, but one yeah. interesting part about that movie is you would think from a preview setting that movie would take place during the night in Vegas, right? The nightlife with lights. That movie takes place like exclusively during the day. And that's a not nasty something, movie. And that's not something that you see a lot. You do, And this movie did that too. A lot of Vegas day scenes. Yeah. Which, uh, Vegas isn't cute. It's Vegas like waking up. I imagine it's like waking up next to someone, right, that you don't really know. You don't really want to see them in the daylight. It's right. like, let's just keep well, it to the bar you, last night. You leave the Vegas strip and it's it's not the Vegas that you see. Yeah. Like, it's even during the daytime, even the strip is fine. But as soon as you like veer a block, you know, like a block from the strip, you're like, where am I? Like, I need to go back now. You know, it's like kind of like when they talk about going to Jamaica or whatever, and you're in those resorts and you don't want to leave the resort because like, you don't want to see what's going on outside those resorts. Nobody wants to see how the sausage is made. Exactly. And that's what Vegas is like. Yeah. The big sausage factory. There it is. That's all Vegas. I love the hangover too. I'm just saying it's weird to talk about like, you know, something like this is a much more serious movie, but they both kind of approach Vegas in interesting ways. Um, Anything to add before we move on? Uh, well, Nicolas Cage did film himself while drunk uh, to study his speech pattern. <laughs> really? That's interesting. He did I a good job. don't think I would want to see that of no, myself. No, no, that's too deep of a it's, dive. It You're going to get too real with yourself. It is interesting that. that usually if you think of Nicolas Cage's acting style, it's always like over-exaggerated, like he's the guy that'll do where no one else wants to do. And this is, I mean... Pretty authentic. It feels authentic. It might, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that goes this far in getting drunk, but it felt pretty authentic for a high-functioning alcoholic. I would yeah. say, especially a high-functioning alcoholic who has finally given up on yeah. being high-functioning, right? He's just like, who whatever. Who can just say, screw it, three sheets to the wind, I'm letting everything go. Uh, I will say this. 
If I were to ever do that, I hope that a lady of the night as pretty as Elizabeth picks me up and decides to house me and give me blowjobs and like, like, did he have the luckiest break ever? He could have what's died. That one t- scene where she died like, in a terrible motel and then he. What's the like, scene where she like pours the champagne on herself? Yeah, but she's then he like, on, like he just kind of falls over and like. Yeah, she's like pouring tequila uh, on her nipples and everything, and he's loving it. It actually goes no, back wait, to that. Didn't he break? He fell and like broke the table. And yeah, then, and so he doesn't get uh, laid. And then he doesn't get the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like speaks yeah. perfectly to his character. But that scene was interesting. She's pouring the alcohol on her because it goes back to that tape recorder scene in the beginning where he's talking about how. So I have purpose in life. I want to pour bourbon on you so I can lick it. Like everything in his mind is about alcohol. Right. And even a. Well, that's kind of why she's like doing it. Yes. Yeah. And and even a woman like Elizabeth, who like even the average man, when you see this movie, you'd be like, oh, my God, I would love that scenario. He doesn't even really care that he's living there. It's just a place to be. So uh, I understand that it's a good movie. Um, I don't know that I will watch it again ever, though, actually. Yeah. It is tough. I mean, yeah. It's not something mm. you want to watch a whole bunch. No, 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 no. But um, I don't want yeah. to meet the man whose favorite movie is Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, what do we have uh, next? I don't know the years on these. Oh, I guess actually, Face well, Off next, is yeah, next. next is Face Off. Mm. Yeah, uh, directed by John Wu, who did Hard Boiled and Broken Arrow, which you are you finished it? I've not finished. It. I just okay. watched like the first it's twenty good minutes so far. It is. You can very much feel a John Woo scene, the same kind of sentimental slow motion oh, intro, okay. nice, 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 except nice. it's Christian Slater and John Travolta boxing against each other to start it off. Very good. That's cool. Similarities between the two, for sure. Uh, it's written by Michael Collery, who wrote Tomb Raider, and Mike Werb, who wrote Tomb Raider and The Mask, funnily enough. The Mask. Ooh, I love The Mask. Interestingly enough, I mean, we also have masks here, kind of, made of flesh. Uh, this was also <laughs> up for... <laughs> Uh, did y'all not get that? It, was up for it an, took me a second. Metaphorically to speaking, that. <laughs> this was up for an Oscar for best sound editing. Um, in order to foil an extortion plot, Sean Archer, John Travolta, an FBI agent, undergoes a facial transplant surgery and assumes the identity and physical appearance of Caster Troy, Nicholas Cage, a terrorist, while in a coma. Everything goes according to plan until Caster Troy wakes from the coma and assumes yeah. the identity of Sean Archer. Yeah. It's like looking in a mirror, only not. Now that is between us, okay? But you were... In a coma? (laughs) Nothing like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep. Read the newspaper lately? Of course, that is the scene where... They meet for the first time. Yes, they meet for the first time in the opposite faces. Um, Man, I really, really like this movie. Face. Yeah. I, I mentioned this to like three other people that I was mentioning this, and every time... You mentioned the name to someone, they, they go. Everybody does face. that. Everybody does that. It's so weird. That's like one of them. It's like the moment that sticks out to almost everybody. But yeah, this this movie was great. Um, I don't know that there's a better first twenty minutes, uh, in any movie that we've talked about on this show yet than the first twenty minutes of Face Off. You want to talk about establishing who a character is immediately? You know who Caster <laughs> Troy is after the first twenty minutes of this movie. Well, that's true. I love every version of <laughs> Caster Troy. Me too. I, I love every version of Castor Troy, but 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 when see the first twenty minutes for me, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? It, I mean, it worked. It worked perfectly. The movie knew what it was doing more than than I thought I knew it. Was, but it it is a little eye roll. Well, uh, yeah. So the whole movie is eye roll inducing. Yeah. Well, he wakes is. up without a face, and he's smoking. He's a cigar. smoking a cigarette. <laughs> like, hey, I took some pain I love pills. That. I'm cool. No, I, I like agree. your pain pills. No, so that's the thing. It's like it, this whole movie is. 
cheesy action fun over the top in character, over the top in action. Like everything about this movie is over the top. Nothing the, is subtle. The moment that uh, you know they're in the fight, that I guess it would be Sean Archer as Caster Troy is in the fight in the prison, and he looks at his brother and realizes like I'm gonna have to ramp yes, this like, up. That was, point, yeah, that was the point. That was the point that I realized that like, of course, <laughs> this had to be over the top because. It makes it so much cooler. The, the movie is so cool. Well, also, like, I think the most effective thing the first 20 minutes doing in terms of determining how crazy Caster Troy is, is that um, then you understand who's playing who. I would like my face not to be that close to the camera, please. <laughs> like you can, you For can, real, though. No, seriously, though. You, you, you can appreciate... Yeah, uh, you, you, you can appreciate that John Travolta is Caster Troy when he is. And like you said, because he's so extreme, then you can appreciate when... Uh, Nicholas Cage realizes, oh, I gotta act more like Caster right. Troy. So I think there that works like from a plot standpoint uh, as well. But man, I love Caster Troy in the beginning. He's so over the top, bad guy. Never he just grabs the girl's ass, and he's just like, oh. does not care. No, the best part though is when he shows up to the plane. Man, you don't talk about having all your ducks in a row, and your homies handle hand you these badass sunglasses. Yeah. Get them chiclets. Box of like chiclets, a marijuana <laughs> joint, like some other drugs, and then he has these two golden pistols. Are you kidding me, man? Caster Troy that was cool. is a great A it badass. Felt so it felt like a Japanese, like a Hong Kong action movie. Like it was all over the place. Yes, everyone was all over the place. Very anime in how extreme yeah. the characters were. I uh. I feel like they both did a really good job of playing Caster Troy. Yes. Like, such a good job. Yes. But I don't think Nicolas Cage did as good of a job playing Sean Archer. Oh, really? You don't think? I don't think so. I think mm. it was like he was trying so hard to seem, like, almost pathetic. Like, a little bit. Like, even in that scene that you just played. Yeah. Whenever he makes his face, um, he, like, almost like he's, like, I think he's like a, a puppy I dog. Think, like I he's think trying he is a hard. fully broken man. At that point, because he realizes how messed up his setting is. For sure. That all Can of you this, imagine? That everybody like, that knew that he got fit, like, this is the guy who killed his son, his arch enemy, everybody that knows that they switched faces now dead. He's stuck in this maximum yeah. security principle. Like, he is completely sure. broken. But still, like, he just, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know if I agree with that sentiment, but one that I do that you said was, I think Caster Troy is one of my favorite movie characters of all time, and I think that the credit goes to both Nicholas yeah, Cage the board. and John That's, Travolta for making Caster Troy. Well, I have happen. it's the budget for this movie was eighty million dollars, so this was a blockbuster movie. Yeah, and like the biggest special effect in this movie is the performances by John Travolta and uh, Nicholas oh Cage. Cage, the person we're talking <laughs> about. Today. It's just like it wasn't, you know, like Transformers. You want to go see the spectacle or mm -hmm. something like that. You want to go and see both of these actors play the same character in a way. Yeah. It's insane. You know what, too? I don't normally like the... Uh, well, actually, I'll talk about two scenes. One I really liked and one I did not like at all. Okay. As far as, like, action scenes. Yeah. I don't typically like the action scenes. I don't know. I just they, I think That's they're why boring. you like leaving Las Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, the scene where um, Nicolas Cage is trying to, like, find help, so he goes to Caster Troy's old friend's... And he's like oh, staying yes. in that like penthouse, and they're having the party and the whole deal. Doing drugs. That's where they face. Yeah, this oh, deal. So from. then, then um, John Travolta he like knows where he's at. So they like have this like, sting operation where they're all coming in. There's a lot of shooting and like, yeah. a little boy and whatever. I really liked that scene. That scene was not boring for me. I liked that. That lady is a terrible mother. 
having all those guns and drugs Terrible around her mother. kids. Terrible, Terrible mother. But what scene did you not He's like? Yours I did too. not like the. <laughs> Wait, how the... Okay, okay, no, we got to go back to the. Yeah, kid. Right, right, right. how the movie ends. We're is for absurd. sure gonna talk about okay, the kid. Yes, we're for on. sure gonna talk about the kid. <laughs> I don't like. Um, I did not like the boat scene. What? <laughs> I, what? Knew, I knew this was going to like Other than the part that you could see that those were stunt doubles, yeah, like well, you no, could see that this? it wasn't I Nicolas Cage. S- well, that is like so obvious. <laughs> when he's like hanging from the side of the boat, like that's not even like Nicolas Cage Like that man has a normal shaped face. I thought that looked like Nicolas Cage. Uh, Anyways, even if it was Nicolas Cage. Did you watch Cage, this on your phone? <laughs> no, no, that's true. No. It did not look like him. I even said that to Kevin. I was like, look yeah, at the stunt doubles. I actually didn't notice that. One thing I did notice in terms of effects that were obvious was in the plane hanger scene. The first person that Nicolas Cage shoots, it is the obvious. Wires. There's a wire. <laughs> the like, wires were so like clear. Like, like it wasn't even trying to hide it. <laughs> like I kept wondering, okay, how did, I guess it was a budget thing, right? Like they noticed it they too late. $80 million. Like, dollars. No, but I'm saying oh, like maybe they get through with the day of shooting, right? And they didn't notice it for whatever reason. They go back to edit and they're like, oh, shit. Well, then why don't you just edit well, it dude, out? Just leave it in. Can they, could they, would. I, I mean, this would have been like two years before uh, like what is Matrix it and stuff. Well, so. the Matrix and Phantom Menace. So I think the digital stuff was there. So they could have done it. They, they just probably could. Wow, unbelievable. Okay, I'm sorry, Riverside. Well, so. no, I was going to say it wasn't works. that the um that the the boat scene was bad. I thought that like in the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm into it. I get this. They're yeah. fighting the the deal. Then the boat scene went on for like seven it's minutes. So awesome, dude! It never ends. It's so funny that, that you long. say that because it was, thank you. It was very long. And scene. the movie's two hours twenty. In I my said mind, that out loud. I said I'm going to talk about how much I hate this and how it's too long, and they're both going to disagree with in me. My I'm mind, kind of on board you. here. Thank you. In my mind, that whole sequence that starts in a church and then ends with a harpoon gun to the chest. See that the, the is church up scene there. was awesome. The church see, scene I'm into. But it's all but to me that's all one giant sequence and that is up there with like the Matrix reloaded 30 minute car chase scene, like oh. the 30 minute battle of Helm's Deep, the 45 minute battle of Pelnor Fields like I'm I don't know if I can put it up there. I'm action good. sequences I'm I've ever seen. I'm strictly talking about getting on the boat to yes. the end of the boat. It's just too long. Because of course they should be on speedboats dueling each other, trying to kill Some each other. Some random non-Nicholas Cage hanging off the side. There like. was no other way this movie was ever going to end without an extended speedboat chase. You should have known that from how this movie set itself up. <laughs> Although all the other fight scenes I really liked a lot. The, I mean, the opening 20, the, the planes are all, are like, all yes, really yeah. good. That is awesome. So she's about to kill and that's Cage. that's typically not my thing, but I really liked the. Re- I liked all the other fight scenes. You better kill me. I really. I don't give a fuck. I love the guy <laughs> I'm from. Uh, <laughs> the guy from. Buddy's so crazy. Uh, the, so good. Who's the, the guy that's running the prison? The Ugh. I liked him. I thought he was good. The one who's like, the no. Geneva Convention doesn't apply here. He did a really good job. He was he's of one of those guys him. where you're like, oh, he's that guy from that movie. He's in Fargo. He's the husband in Fargo. Okay. So I know. He's in a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, I know. He's in that movie, The Invitation. My ear is like popping. It's the weirdest. Are you okay? You got the <laughs> it's good, it's good. all this face-off talk got you uh, losing your mind a little bit. A little bit. The uh, the moment wherever you see his face in the sunglasses, that was awesome. I loved that. Oh whenever, yeah, with the burn face. Yeah, how is, he doesn't have a face. Question. Oh yeah. We're, there's a lot of things I think we got to cover in this movie, but and I think we have to like just let some of it happen. But oh, you yeah, I think you have to let you all to of it. Most of yes. <laughs> um, so, but the deal is, <laughs> the deal is, is there's like one doctor in the entire world that can do this thing. He gets killed. Yeah, he's a spec ops doctor. But then in the end, Doctor Walter gets his whole body in his face back. Well, they brought in the Where'd best team from Washington. In? Yeah, I think there was one doctor that had been practicing this technique, and then I imagine that the best team from Washington studied his technique in his notes. Obviously. 
and figured out. Okay, uh, cool. Can how I, to so do basically, it. any doctor can do. Now, great special effects too, though. I mean, even though like yeah, they were great. Even though it's obviously dumb how they did it, like it, like it would never I mean, work with like, like that. the suction noise, like. Well, like yeah, you, you would hear a suction and noise. Then, like, they don't do anything to actually mess with the bone structure, no. but the bone structure magically changes. And then the body like, shapes just totally change. But when they have the right. skin on the face and they're kind of pushing it around, that was great. That's really good. Well, that's but really at good. that point, that all the details there don't matter. You just want the face to yes, get on. That's the all you need. That's all you that's need. That's all you need, and you're good to go. So uh, you want to talk about this kid? Okay, first before we get to the kid, <laughs> before we get to the kid at the end, the thing that I find more disturbing is how uh, obviously the kid is weird, but <laughs> kid is whenever weird. you know they they go through the battle and they say they're bringing in the best doctors from Washington, he gets his face put back on. He has to go home to meet his family. Like, why is his family not with him? So, like, it's kind of like, okay, so I'm going to go get the surgery done. I'll meet you at home. How's that? He's like, yeah, okay, meet us at home. He's like walking up to the He's like, dad's home, dad's home. Like, be there at the hospital. Top secret, bro. Top secret. Sure, that must have been what it was. They weren't allowed on the top secret base. All of these questions have very logical answers. You just have to find them. Another thing really quick before we get to the kid. And maybe this is, like, thinking about it too hard. But, like, okay, so... Whenever their bodies were switched and Castor Troy was in John Travolta mm-hmm. and they're in the um, the church and he like takes the daughter and he like licks her face. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. If I was that daughter, I'd have a little, a little bit of like PTSD with my yeah, dad about yeah, that. Yeah. Or like I'm when sure he's probably, like walking well. in, lighting up cigarettes and kind of throwing a lot of like sexual vibes Ooh. out at you. Yeah. I was terrified he was going to have sex with his too. daughter. I was yeah. too. But he didn't. He but didn't. He didn't. He but, did. but within that the tension. The true Castor Troy would have though. It, you're probably yes. right. The true, uh, but but then again, remember he was trying to go straight. He wanted to live this kind. Of, if, if you have sex with your daughter, your wife that is going to put you in jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but the, that tension that's in that scene is why this whole movie is so damn good. Because to be Sean Archer, this is such a stressful situation. Like this is why I was on the edge of my seat the whole movie. Why you're invested is because you're like, oh my god, he has to get his face back. He's like, got to get it back. This guy is a complete piece of shit. He killed his son, and his now life. he has to live as him. So look at and he's face. like having sex with his wife. Like, so yeah, I, I do. Oh, that that's really the crux of the entire. I just movie. realized the police captain as well, or the chief, is also in Fargo. He's the dad in Fargo, but he. I loved the scene whenever he just like karate chops him, and he's like, he's had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is so much fun. It's like the movie pressure is, points, bro. Pressure. Yeah, points. The movie is like inviting you to laugh along with it. Yes. Which is a lot of fun. Which is a lot of fun. And it is fun. <laughs> fun is fun is the yeah, main attack, word. Quick. Uh, fun is the main word that I, I like too when Castor Troy becomes Sean Archer and he goes into the office and he's basically making fun of how lame Sean Archer was and everybody's like, Yeah, boss, why'd you always have such a stick up your ass? So it's uh I, I really enjoyed it. Okay, let's cause we gotta We gotta talk about this kid. We gotta really get quick, the last though. movie, but yeah, so but before we do, let's talk about Castor Troy's child that uh John Travolta Sean Archer Fathers. decided to adopt. I saw that coming from a mile away. Oh my! God. Whenever that woman was like, "Can you I take care of our like kid?" I did not like this even in the context of this type I, of I movie. I knew it was going to happen. It, it is. It's. It's like. It's maybe like the one bridge too far. <laughs> well, because the whole movie <laughs> is so based obvious. on the whole movie is based on the one thing is like you murdered my son. Yes. So you are the worst person. First of all, I don't think they would allow the father the of the victim to head up this case against Castor Troy. But uh, it's a super secret terrorist organization or that is anti-terrorist that is organization. True. It is super secret. And uh, well, the fact that they then pretty much replace the child, <laughs> it kind of yeah. cheapens it at the at the age. It's like the age of whenever exact that child died. looks exactly like it. it's kind of like, guys, that child 
didn't exist. This is the true child. It it's, did kind of cheapen it. It's not unlike in Beer Fest when... Have you seen Beer Fest? I've not heard of this. Uh, well, a character named Landfill dies. I mean, well, first of all, I'm shocked that you even brought Beer Fest up in Beer this Fest. context. It's one of my two, favorite movies ever. you've not seen it, so I'm like... Um, okay, so you know when Land, a character named Landfill dies, they have his funeral and everything, and then basically... They put a cowboy hat on that actor, and the guy shows up and like, hey, I'm his brother, but just to make things easy, y'all should just call me Landfill so we can like keep doing this thing we're doing. That's basically what they did with this kid. He just showed up, substitutes his old dead kid, and they're happy family. But I like how he walks in, and he's like, Here's the kid. Is this okay? And everyone's like, sure. Well, that's the best part. Like Nathan said, why are they not at the hospital? And then so not only does the dad's he come like coming home, home from work. <laughs> not only does he come <laughs> home with his face off, he's like, hey, y'all, I got a kid. Check it out. We this, got a new son. This cool or what? Not that that's going to raise any show, psychological issues. Show him issues. his new no. room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not like that's not going to raise any psychological issues with the mother and the sister who have been dealing with the grief that comes from a lost brother. They and also, son. do we know why they do this? Well, plot device, it's so that he could know. prove that he know. was... Uh, Don't touch me. I mean, it was, it was so that he could prove <laughs> that he was uh, the father, right? But, yes. like, we don't know why they do that weird no, thing. No, no, no. Very weird, though. It's a rubbing... For those listening to auto, it's just, you just kind of swipe your hand on someone's face. We used to do that in college to, um, oh. like, call each other an idiot, but we'd never seen face off. Like, you if, you said something, if you said something done, you just got your face wiped. You'd just be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, it's annoying. I cannot wait to start doing that to you. Nah, uh, uh, <laughs> block it. You're going to give me a heart attack. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then I'm going to shoot you with a harpoon gun. I got a lot. It, I, I don't know why, but for some reason in my mind, John Travolta is not like a, an amazing actor, but I, I forgot. He's great. He did great. He did a really good job. Great. I, I agree with you, though. I don't think of John Travolta at the top of my acting list, normally, but he, he did really well. And it's funny because Nicolas Cage generally is the only one that's talked about in this movie. John Travolta did just as good of a job of bringing Caster Troy to uh, to life. So Hallelujah. I love Facebook. Yeah. Uh, love Facebook. Love wow. Facebook. Face off. Uh, unlike Facebook, Face off won't share your data. So how's that? Suck it, Mark Zuckerberg. That's, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, more like. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Our third and final movie of the day. Uh, local one here. Oh, what bad hair. Bad, <laughs> the best bad hair. A film by Werner Herzog. Uh, bad Lieutenant. Port of Call. New Orleans. Oh, I never saw this tagline before. The only criminal he can't catch is himself. Well, uh, yes, like you said, directed by Werner Herzog, who also did the documentary Grizzly Man, uh, A Gear oh, Wrath he of did God. Grizzly Man. He's a big doc. He's more of a documentary filmmaker right now than he is. Uh, well, he did like the stuff. internet movie or whatever a couple years yeah. ago that I heard. Mm, it was pretty about. good. It was pretty interesting. Um, he describes his own work as an attempt to provide religious experiences on film. Just a little background there. He also appeared in Parks and Rec and Rick and Morty, which is pretty cool. Yeah, funny. yeah, I do love I love Rick and Morty. Well, anyway, Terrence McDonough, Nicolas Cage, is a drug and gambling-addled detective in post-Katrina New Orleans investigating the killing of five Singhalese immigrants. And this is actually unofficially a remake of a 1992 oh, version. Oh, you don't want to plug that in all the way or leave it out. Uh, Sorry, was I making? Well, he's okay. about to do it, and he's going to unplug yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so Actually, yes. so when I was Googling, um, just like see the actors or whatever on IMDb, um, I saw that there was another bad lieutenant, and I was like, yeah. Well, but, but it's Werner Herzog says it that it's not a remake. Yeah, I, actually, the person who made the original said that he was sickened by the idea of anyone thinking to remake his film. Herzog responded with, I have never seen Bad Lieutenant, and I do not know who Abel Ferrara is. He's yeah. the original. Yeah. Okay. So he says that it's not a sequel or remake of any kind, but they do he share said it was the more same of a marketing name. thing. They but it's, it's, they're both movies about cops who are obsessed with drugs and gambling and things like that. Maybe Werner's a lie. Well, know. I mean, a Bad Lieutenant. I mean, I feel like that's. Can you tell me how much longer that's going to be? 
Hello, miss. I'm a lieutenant in the police department. I'm in the middle of a homicide investigation. Try to get my prescription, please. Do you see I'm on the phone? Hey, you can't come back here. You got me waiting 30 minutes so you can make a fuck personal phone call. Can't be back. Oh, man, the best part about that is next when uh, the security guard shows up and he's like, he tells him I'm a cop. And if you're a security guard at that point, what are you going to do? And the guard's just like, well, why are you act so crazy? Like, come <laughs> on, so man. Crazy. Like, what are you doing? Be cool. Then? Yeah, be cool, I, man. Nicolas Cage. I mean, this movie, I, I feel almost more than the others, like, couldn't be done without Nicolas Cage. He elevates this material, like, way beyond yeah. where it could have gone with almost anyone else, I feel. This movie was so confusing for me because it made me feel a lot of different emotions. Um, it made me very stressed out I don't a know lot that. of the time. But it made me, like, there were moments where you were like, oh, he's so redeemable, and, like, oh, just poor Nick Cage. And then there were parts where he's, like, having sex with a prostitute in front of some guy or some Not girl. Not even a prostitute, just, or some, just some guy's girl, girlfriend. Some guy's girlfriend in front of him and making him watch, and you're like, no. I love why he's getting off. He's like, oh, they probably think about you when you were a kid. Like, what would your parents say if they oh, saw you doing this? I know. This? And they, oh, and you just feel sick. I and will say the original movie is way <laughs> greasier than this. It's Ugh. way worse. What? Yeah, the original's rated NC-17. Oh, wow. And then yeah. there's like fat Val Kilmer running around. Val Kilmer did a pretty good job. Uh, he's a good bad guy. This. It's been a while since really Val and I just forget been. every time, until I watch a movie with her in it, I forget how yeah, beautiful she is. Oh. No, I mean, like, yes, but, I true. mean, like, I know she's beautiful. I see pictures of her, it's whatever. But then I see her in movies, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, she's pretty stunning, man. All right, so what was something that y'all liked about uh, Bad Lieutenant? I thought this was probably the coolest depiction of New Orleans that I've seen. In I a movie. agree. It was. It was. That was one. And of it my also favorite, felt like the most authentic. Was, like most of the time, here. it's always seen as like this party city. Which, if you go there, it's a little bit grimier than. Well, that. it shows you. It yeah, it shows you the non-bourbon streets, the non-downtown right. area. It shows you yeah, more of like. It didn't feel like a fake non-bourbon street. It felt very real. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like you probably don't want to be there when you're sober. I wonder how well that translates to. Um, I wonder how well that translates if you're not from New Orleans, because one of the coolest parts is that I could constantly see, oh, yeah. you know, oh, I've been there, or oh, I lived right there. Like you know, throughout the movie, they're just like constantly registering right. in my brain, and so I, I obviously just personally, selfishly enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I did too. Some you like trips? Um, I had something in my mind, and um. Come I back go. to me. I yeah, go. yeah, you go. I had something. Um, one thing that I love about this movie, and it does kind of go, I guess it's going to explain the whole movie, is that, and as a kid I saw this, and I remember this sticking out to me, it is one of the first movies that I've seen where the protagonist is really a bad guy, and he just wins in the end constantly. He starts winning big time despite, in the end. Yeah, despite the fact that it feels like there's this noose around his neck that's getting closer and closer, and surely he's going to get caught up. Like, there's no grand lesson to be learned. Yeah. Like, he's just an he's asshole. He's a bad guy. He's he, a bad guy. He's kind of a good bad guy. He, which is, that's the, that's the confusing. Well, he's a bad guy that's got, like, a good moral compass. Like, he's Do doing think, something that's right. So, yeah, There's something yeah. that's right going so, on. So, this guy, we don't, we don't know him before he got to this point. Maybe he was a bad guy all along. But either way, he hurt himself doing a good thing. And, and, and really, that first scene is, like, perfectly indicative of him because at first, so for those who don't know, he walks into a post-Katrina prison right after the flood it's still flooding. There's a prisoner that's still in the cell, and like they're making fun of him. Like they're yeah. like sitting there, like, like making die. fun like, of him. Nicholas like, Cage is almost making fun of him more than Val Kilmer. Yes. Yeah, 
Like, and, I'm not going to get my underwear dirty for you. But then he goes on to save him. So it is yeah. like, uh, that is kind of representative of his entire character. Realized it's really, it's bookended really well with him in the end, meeting that same character. Yep. I didn't think about that. Well, and so then he hurts nice himself. Moment. So he jumps in the water, which I don't know why he just walked down the stairs, but whatever. He jumps into the water. It's a good point. He, <laughs> he, hurts his, he hurts his back. And so then because he hurts his back, he is given, like he's putting on, <laughs> putting on this prescription for Vicodin. And basically they, the doctor tells him he's going to be managing pain for the rest of his life. Yeah. So like that starts him down this path. Maybe he was already doing a lot of drugs. Maybe he wasn't. We don't know. I imagine he pretty dabbled. Much, that's pretty much in I think the story dabbled. what starts him off. No, I think he dabbled, but like that's where it really got like, I think that's well, where it Well, then he starts combining the uppers and downers. Next the thing you see him, he's doing coke. coke and, like, and it's like. Well, I love whenever he said I snorted. What I thought was coke, but it was heroin. So I've got work in an hour. Do you have any coke? <laughs> but I feel like, oh, this is what I was gonna say earlier that I couldn't, that I forgot. I feel like this movie has, this movie has everything. Um, it's got like, it's got your bad cop guy. Yep. Um, it's got your like gangster killing people, drug yep. lord guy. Exhibit. It's X to the exhibit. Z, yep. Which is trying just to pimp somebody's kind ride. Kind of funny in and of its own self. I haven't seen exhibit in a while. <laughs> it's also got uh, Nicholas Cage trying to um, convince an LSU player to lose yeah. a, a football <laughs> yeah, game. Right, that was great. <laughs> what? <laughs> that scene threw me off so much, but also made me feel really bad for that. I know. He looked like he was going to cry. Like, Man, he just wanted to smoke. Somebody a- run a four three. <laughs> 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 it just got everything that you could possibly ever need, um, I, which I liked. Um, I, I, I so so. It's got um, a prostitute that he falls in love with, which drunk theme, family in the swamp. Theme of the night, kind of I guess so far. Um, okay, wait. So maybe this is an interesting question that's kind of come up. Then at the end of the day, would you say that Nicolas Cage is a good guy or a bad guy? I think based on like all the decisions you watch in That'd this be movie, a tough like a, distinction to make. He, I think <laughs> and he, maybe it's like no, yeah. I think he makes more bad guy decisions than good guy decisions in this movie. But I mean, you know, but, but he's a like, good guy only, who's run astray. Yeah, far astray. His bad guy decisions are sometimes in pursuit of something larger, like when he's maybe trying to figure out where the witness went, and he takes the oxygen tube out the old lady, and he's just like. All of those scenes were awesome. And the the side characters are really uh, memorable in this movie, almost more so than most movies. Can can someone explain to me, because maybe I just, like, didn't get it, but can someone explain to me the weird reptile scenes where anytime there was a reptile, you, like... This was one of my favorite things. Like a drug thing? Is it a drug thing? I want to know your interpretation of it. Well, one of my favorite things, like, usually we'll say that something's, like, visually awesome, and I think that, you know, usually that's, like, from camera work, which the camera work in this movie is really cool. Yeah. But I thought the visuals, like, the stuff that's actually put on camera is pretty incredible. Like, Like, his psyche is almost put on display from yes. a dead alligator in the road or yeah. seeing iguanas that aren't even there. Okay, like so the, the iguana scene I think is important to zero in on because in that scene, you see him, he's, at first he's like, yeah, everybody sees iguanas, right? And then nobody does. And you can see him kind of realize, oh, wait, nobody else sees these things. And then you get the view of him through with the iguana in there. It's kind of this haze. And it's that feeling of if you've ever been in a room where you're drunk or you're messed up and everybody else is sober and you're trying to act like you're not. It's like... Like trying to not address the elephant in the room that only you know is there. (laughs) It is is a great visual representation of what it feels like maybe to act normal when you are not feeling normal oh, and you're surrounded by the, people I, who the are. the scenes were yeah. kind of different in it's that, like, being like... It's like smoking weed before school or something. Well, but the scenes were kind of different in that, like, okay, so this right. iguana didn't exist. He saw the iguana. We kind of saw it from the... It was like a kind of a weird, like... Small yeah. digital camera yeah. type thing. But then the alligator scene, like, the alligator was for sure there, right? 
Oh, no, probably. I think that it was just like, instead of setting a mood through like a logical story perspective, it was just kind of All like, of a sudden you're like in yeah, the alligator's off, eyes. Like, yeah. have, y'all, have y'all ever... Well, some of the documentaries that Werner Herzog does, he does this, like there's one about like caves, these like the oldest caves in France, where like there's like a five minute sequence that talks about albino radioactive alligators and crocodiles. And it's no. this weird, which just a form of context, like this will happen in a, a lot of his movies, which that's more of like a director tick so yeah. do you, he usually do you, does but in this movie do you think it's in pursuit of just showing his fractured drug adult psyche i think it yeah i, mean, I that's think what it pretty much works like, but i just yeah. wanted to make sure that like that's what i was seeing because it only happened those two times right uh well is there any stuff with the snake I'm at sure. the beginning the snake, there's a little something like, just going through the water yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, and he's at the crime scene. Maybe he sees the alligator. He's just kind of like, whoa! I like that, that stands really, out to him way more than like I the actual. I thought that helped build because for people that aren't from the South or New Orleans, I thought it helped build this. Yeah, this type of idea is like there are crocodiles probably right next to you, like these vicious yeah. animals near you, which and you uh, don't even realize it. Yeah, I thought I thought did help set the tone. Yeah. Um. So overall, also though, Six Flags. You see Six Flags. Yeah, you do in the background, which um would have been just a few years after Katrina. Yeah, and you know it's weird. I lived in the city forever. I don't remember seeing the outlines of those rides anymore. But I never went over to where they're at. I mean, but this was like ten years ago. There. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying, where did it go in the skyline? Are those roller coasters remember. still up? I don't know. There was a movie, Killer Joe, came out recently. Oh, yeah, it's and it still was up. You can still go. Well. It's like real. Like people, well, I know. Like they film a lot of like, a lot of photographers like horror will go and post-apocalyptic yeah. and stuff like that there. Um, hmm. I don't know. One day I'll have to go try to. I don't know how I never hunted down in the three half years we, whenever I lived We there. also have Werner Herzog to thank for Michael Shannon. He made him famous. Yeah, you saw that. <gasps> oh, yes. I I to, yes, he's the guy. He didn't seem Who very Michael Shannon. Very, yeah, he's not very Michael Shannon in this. Evidence room guy. Um, <laughs> the property room. What you do I is you go the, where the cameras can't see you. I love yeah, when they're like, like I guess. cameras are like, okay, We're going to have to stick our best <laughs> lieutenant in the property room. He's like, <laughs> oh, I really liked when Nicolas Cage like brought the cops their like their form, and they're like, "I thought it was a lot more than this." And he's like, "Well, we've got what we need for felony charges." Then just kind of look at Nicolas Cage like, "You took the drugs, didn't you, man?" Like, come on. That girl cop was not a great actress. Vicky Valancourt. The, no, no, oh, no, the wow. girl. No, no, the girl with the two. The girl that he brought the right. The, the form one of the to. cops. One of the there's Michael Shannon. Um, the other cop. You remember that scene whenever he oh, brings him? Oh, when she oh, walks yeah, in with the yeah, coffee, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, we're just." I mean, she was, <laughs> it was not good. It was bad. That um. Okay, so I think now we're about out of time. Anything else to say on protocol before we rank these things? I think the more we talk about it, the more I like it. But uh, it just stressed me out a little. See, to me, I found this way less stressful than leaving Las Vegas because leaving Las Vegas oh, is very is realistic. Oh, yes, and I think it's fun. fun. Like this is it just fun, fun, fun insanity. Maybe his hair was the thing that oh, bothered me. No, yeah. like the scene. <laughs> so bad, dude. It's I had so to rewind bad. it whenever he did the thing. He's like, shoot him again. He's like, why? It's like his soul's still <laughs> dancing. It's just weird. It's just so bizarre. Oh man, oh, uh, man. it's a movie that aged better than I thought it would. Actually, but I was worried about going back to it. The first scene, like where the snake is, and they're like present day New Orleans or whatever, and the music felt so 90s. Yeah. So 90s. I don't know why. It I was just like some sort of like instrumental whatever, but but it's just even like the coloring and like it just seemed like it a didn't VHS. Feel very high production. Like, yeah. It yeah. didn't at that all. Is true. And the it, font they used was like yeah. weird. They also have a uh, like a trumpet going in this one as well, kind of like in Leaving Las Vegas. Yes, yeah, it's true. All yeah. right, so we have now reached the portion that is Port of Call or Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. Uh we have now reached the portion of the show where we rank them. We'll go around the room. Nathan, we'll start with you. Uh, your number three movie. Uh, I really, I liked all of them, but I would have to put Leaving Las Vegas as number three. 
Uh, Rivers, your number three movie. I'm gonna do the same thing. Oh wow! I know, I'm I know, going I to do it. the same thing. Oh, uh, oh dear, is this gonna be boring? Nathan, your number two. <laughs> uh, my number two would be Face Off. Oh, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> I know. I'm a little bit surprised at how like you saw this movie and you put it like at the top of all of your movies I that you've it, ever. Dude. It is seen. one so of my favorite action gonna, movies. We already need T-Bob. It's one of my favorite action movies I've ever seen. Now, I, yeah, which is is awesome as far as a blockbuster goes. It's almost ingenious the way that they make the actors the most important thing, which usually isn't seen nowadays. And it was fun. It my was brother, really fun. my brother came around for a few days last week, and I was like, "Hey, bro, you got to watch the first 20 minutes of Face Off here." Just. Just look at this guy cast. Did you say it just like that? I was like, just look at him. Look, look at that gold money clip he has. What a badass. Uh, who, who, who is, what is your number two, Rivers? Oh, my God. Um, Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. Port of Call, New Orleans. That is also my number two, meaning, Nathan, your number one is? Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. It's just so much. I thought it was fun. Face off. And, yes, I, too... I'm choosing face off. I think Caster Troy goes down. Oh, I thought you were giving me a high I five. Gonna, just swiping my face. Swipe your face. I too think that uh, I, I think that Caster Troy is one of the best movie characters of all time. He was good. Like I it love him, good. dude. I I, I no, he was awesome. Love him. He was so much well, fun. Well, and the thing is, is he was so good no matter who was playing him. Yeah, which is a credit to Nicolas Cage and yeah, yeah, uh, and John Travolta. Which I've got to say, we're recording this on April second. Yeah. Tomorrow is the 50th anniversary of 2001: A Space Odyssey. So everyone watch it. Oh, which cool. they are re-releasing in they 70 are. millimeter uh, but do we have a 70 millimeter theater here in Louisiana uh, there's one in New Orleans so we'll probably get it oh. Britannia uh, it's actually an AMC the AMC uh, on Canal Place I think okay Ooh, I hate going to that theater, but that I'll, I, I'll be still down to uh, check it out, I suppose. All right, y'all that is another episode of Real Friends in the Book. Nicholas Cage coming at you. Uh, we almost had unanimous. It looks like the leaving Sorry. Las Vegas coming in third Always. and then Port of Call and uh, Face Off Switch. I hope you had a great time. We'll be back in a couple weeks with, uh, we'll let you know. We keep saying Disney movies. Maybe it'll be Disney movies this time. Maybe it finally will be Disney movies. Later, y'all.